This week on Gym Ops Radio, the topic is all things process automation. The guys discuss why getting communication systems in place just might be the best thing you can do for your gym in 2021. Why setting up your communication to run automatically is vital to your ability to work less in your business and more on it. And why automated communication will actually lead to more opportunities for personal conversation. They'll review the four major ways they communicate with membership, the why of each step, and what positive outcome you can expect from it. Welcome to episode 47. This is Gym Ops Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to Gym Ops Radio. This is episode 47. My name is Brian Pritz. And I'm Dave Thomas. And we're the owners of Performance 360 in San Diego. Today we are going to talk about three steps to automate communication for improved conversion, retention, and return customers. So this is all about you know, how we've slowly automated our communication process over the course of the last 10 years um, to basically manage the number of members and memberships that we have uh, to this day. Yeah, I know, you know, we've come from a uh, different versions of how we manage communication. You know, one of the things we'll talk about is how for basically the first six, seven years of the business, every single aspect of new member onboarding of con- of continued member check-ins, continued um, member communications was all manual. And so there was a time when you had to manage like every single person on a spreadsheet. And I'll ask you about that in a minute. Uh, but basically that becomes incredibly time consuming and actually in a way prevents you from from giving better customer service it might seem counterintuitive to say like, Oh, an automated process that's like spam and that's canned language. It's really not about that at all, which we'll get into, but basically the new ways that we've been doing it over the past three years is entirely automated. Um, so before we get into kind of the nitty gritty of the actual sequences and the actual kind of life cycles of the customers that we'll talk about how we automate each phase of those, uh, just kind of speak a little bit to you know how hard it how hard it was to manage from doing the manual process and just kind of the overview of how much easier it is now with the automated process. Yeah, I mean when we started back in 2011 with a gym of zero members, um, you know after the first couple of months, uh, you slowly build that base membership and the communication is very easy just because you have limited number of people. It's so much easier to communicate with a small group rather than a large group. Um, so the time aspect of that was not very difficult at all. Uh, once we hit that point of maybe 150, uh, 200 members, all of a sudden uh, you get to that point where I'm, o- I'm so overwhelmed and there's too much going on that I can't manage uh, that communication in and therefore I am not able to be an effective communicator out to customers. So in, in essence, by not having the process automated, uh, we were actually giving worse service to our customers and had worse communication. So once we made that decision, let's start automating everything. We start started slowly building those steps one by one uh, to where everything became an automated process that we could just turn off, turn on, uh, modify, and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, managing 200 members became almost the same amount of work and effort as when we were managing 25. And then fast forward to, you know, 800 members, um, you know, that's something that's still doable from one person, um, just like we were able to do back when we had 50. So, 
you know, that allows you to start taking, you know, instead of spending so much time communicating back and forth, now you're able to minimize that actual work and then start tracking the data of all this stuff that you send out and start using that data to make informed decisions and to build, you know, more sequences, more funnels and stuff like that. So your funnel just gets better and better and over time, you know, requires less and less effort. Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, for each person, it's going to be a little bit different. It depends on how you communicate and what you're trying to convey to members. But you know, when somebody comes into the gym, you have the option to, okay, maybe you place them in like your own manual spreadsheet and you have columns for when to reach out to them and what to reach out to them with. And then over time that, that spreadsheet's going to grow. You're going to have so many more people in it. And now all of a sudden you have to manage this list of a hundred people where they are in the communication process or maybe even worse, maybe you're doing absolutely nothing to communicate with them. Maybe they just sign up and become a member and that's it. Both of those scenarios, I think the takeaway is that is not sustainable. Right. That's impossible to manage and impossible to do a good job. So by setting systems in place of emails that automatically go out that are personalized, you're able to start that process of communication. You don't miss it. And that way you're encouraging them to kind of write back so that you can still provide that personal communication. It's just that step to get that process started is what's automated so nothing falls through the cracks. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the... It there's, you know, you hear automation and you think kind of like canned responses or canned information. Um, and that's not what we do. Everything that we send out is very personalized to the experience. Um, you know, maybe not to the individual with anything of, you know, about their background or anything, but we've basically collected a lot of data over the years of what people ask about, what they need to know more on, um, you know, little tips and tricks that can help them throughout their life cycle as a member. So we've basically compiled all those and said, okay, let's set a sequence in motion when somebody joins that will answer those questions so that they don't need to, you know, send a personal email and ask. Um, that information is provided to them. And that also outlines a much um, cleaner segue to joining the gym and like, you know, what they need to be successful here. Excellent. And so we'll get into what those life cycles are. Um, as we're going to flow through this, I want everybody to think about kind of four phases of the service like life cycle of being a member. So the first one is your lead, your potential member. You've shown interest in the gym. The second one is you are a new member. You have joined, you're in your first 90 days and you're still in that new member categorization. And the third is an established member. So 90 days, anywhere from 90 days to eight years, there's various parts of this, but that's just how we kind of generalize that bucket. And then there's the former member. There's the person who cancels. There's the person who moves. For whatever reason, they choose to no longer be a member of your classes. Um, this is one that we'll, we've kind of added in 2021, but the communication doesn't need to stop just because you're no longer a member. So we'll talk about all four of those phases and the specifics of what goes out and why. So kickstarting it into our lead sequence, this is, um, you know, we're not going to turn this into a how we do trials or how we get people to join the gym. Uh, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole and into those weeds. So we're just going to stick to this concept. Somebody goes to the gym or excuse me, somebody goes to the website. Uh, they enter in their information that they are interested in the gym and they have not taken our step to come in and try the gym. So uh, we're waiting on that to occur. They, they haven't yet taken it. What do we specifically do in place? What's automated to continue that conversation going? So first I'll ask you, Pritz, uh, what is the overall purpose of that continued um, automation before someone's even tried us? 
So the main thing is to give them a clear path of what to do next. Um, you know, if you give somebody too many options or there's not a clear path, uh, they're way less likely to do what you want them to do, and that is come into the gym, whether it's for a free trial class or whether it's you know to join the gym. So it's it's all about giving them the next step and the information that they'll need to make that decision to come into the gym in some capacity. Yeah, so I noticed not once did you say to hard sell them on becoming a member. Yeah, absolutely not. We're very against hard selling. Um, I have found, well, you know, we've tested stuff like that in the past. Anything that's like hard sell, very markety, um, leads to lower conversion. Like it's as simple as that. I, I won't get into the details why. It's just when you open up that conversation, provide um, an easy way for them to take the steps on their own terms, then they become a member at a much higher rate. Yeah, you know, if I can just take a quick step back, we basically operate our entire customer service mantra as uh, establishing a scenario where people know, like, and trust us. And if right out of the gate we're saying, okay, you've shown our interest. Hey, I'm going to jam the sales pitch down your throat. You don't get the chance to even establish any of those three. No. So all we're trying to do is just get a conversation going, get people to legitimately trust this, not smoke and mirrors, but provide them information in a way that's going to kind of support them deciding that they want to try the gym on their own accord and not just kind of jamming it down their throat. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about the specifics? So somebody goes to the website, they've expressed interest. Um, what specifically do we... Uh, do we contact them with and what is the nature of that communication? So right now if somebody enters their information into the kind of get started page um, they will receive an immediate email um, that has two options. It's uh, number one join the gym, here's a link everything's done online, automated join process. If there's somebody that they know they want to join they're ready to get started they can go choose a start date, pay, check out all that stuff um, and then the other option is to try a class. So if they're not ready to join, they need to sample the, the program first. It's got a link to a page that takes them, they can register for an actual class. Um, you know, there's no follow-up needed. It's they choose a date, they choose a location, they choose a class time, and they hit register and they're booked for that class. So two very straightforward, simple options depending on uh, where they are in their uh, you know, lead life cycle. And I know there's a common practice of people want to schedule that initial consultation. They want to come in, they want an introduction and just talk about the gym and find out ways that it's specifically going to benefit them. We are not saying that that doesn't work. We know that that's out there. We know that it does work. We just were 10 years in. We are yet to be convinced that that is a superior way than an automated process to just low level come in and experience the class. Our culture is such that we believe very strongly that Somebody coming in can try the gym. They can get it customized for their needs in that workout. I saw uh, Coach Ashley yesterday. Basically, you know, she had to change a lot of the workout for that specific person, and in no way did it really disrupt her or the class. Um, and they can also be welcomed. You know, uh, our coaches see on the back end that they have uh, a trial coming into the class, so they can look out for that person. They can welcome them. All those things that a consultation achieves, we just add a component of also trying the gym along with that. So, again, not not wanting to go down the rabbit hole of that process, just kind of outlining why we have it set up the way that we do with still believing very much in the trial process. So let's say for a second, um, somebody gets that invitation to try to join. They don't do either of those. What happens next and how do we keep that conversation going? 
So um, we built a custom software on the back end of our site um, that is phenomenal because it tracks every person that comes through the system. And if they don't take one of those two steps to join or try a class, um, they are sent a sequence of emails and text messages, actually. Um, text messages, something that we implemented rather recently ago. Um, and so it's a multi email and text sequence that just either reduces some of their fear and anxiety of coming to a new gym um, and ultimately ends up with just asking a very simple question um, at the end of, I believe it's like seven or eight days um, if they still haven't taken any action. It's just a personal email that says, hey, I noticed you haven't um, you know, scheduled a trial or joined the gym yet. Is there any questions that I can answer for you? Or um, if you're not interested anymore, uh, let me know and I'll take you off my list. So, you know, that essentially gives them the opportunity. And believe it or not, we actually get the most responses from that email that is just like, hey, what's your deal? Um, because there's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives. And, you know, they may show interest at a certain time and they might not be ready to come in just yet. We'll get a lot of responses that are, um, you know, to the effect of, uh, oh, I'm moving to San Diego at the end of the month. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting started at that point. And um, then I put on my personal calendar to follow up with that person at that date um, or let them know, you know, great, reach out if you have any questions in the meantime. Otherwise, uh, once you get here, we'll get you going. Awesome. So basically to summarize that, we're, we're essentially just trying to keep a conversation going and we're trying to answer whatever questions that they have about their own personal experience with the gym, what that will entail. We're also trying to implement clear action. We don't want it to be ongoing and vague. Hey, whenever you're ready, we're here to help. We want to guide people into actually letting us help them. So by saying something like, hey, this is the last time I'm going to reach out to you, uh, all good, but just let me know and I'll take you off my list. So that's basically saying like, we're not going to continue to hold your hand through this process past a certain point. We expect you to take some form of action or in a very polite way, we're, we're not going to let you keep wasting our time. Yeah. Uh, let's talk next about what, um, what, if any, are some changes slash updates tweaks that we're going to be making in 2021 that you've seen for the past few years that you think will help this process? Um, you know, this, this trial process and this, um, you know, kind of initial sequence, uh, we've done a ton of testing in the past. Um, probably the last three to five months or so has been split testing a lot of different variations of this. Um, right now, we're waiting on data to come in with the current language and the current process to see how the conversion rate is on that. Um, so we don't have anything necessarily planned for this specific sequence in 2021 just yet because we are waiting on that data. Um, and as soon as we kind of get that data from a few weeks of this process, then we start to implement changes. We do more split tests. Um, we test out different variations of wording and sequences and stuff like that until ultimately we find something that converts at the rate we want to. Awesome. So basically to recap that whole section, first and foremost, get a system in place. So you talked about how we have a custom system in place. Is there anything that people can use or go to to get started on building that system? Or is that more of just a reach out to us and we'll help you? Um, no, this is something that we would probably have to help personally, um, depending on kind of your setup. Um, but there are some tools that 
if you do want to reach out and let us know, I can point you in the direction of what can at least get you started in this automation process um, so that you can at least have some base level of automation with this process. Awesome. So that's just Brian with a Y at perform-360.com. So get a system in place and then get communication that's going to be geared towards keeping a conversation going. How can you help them? How can you help them with their goals? Not shotgunning all this different information that's critical to know about the gym. You certainly want that to be a part of it. You want people to know about your coronavirus measures. You want people to know about all the different things that you have in place, but it should ultimately be about them and not about us. Would you say that's correct? Absolutely. Uh, number three, track. So measure, measure what goes out, measure what gets open, measure what gets responded to, create a database of, of data. Imagine that database of data. <laughs> Um, that houses just how things do. So you can tweak them, you can adjust them, you know what people are more likely to respond to. And then at the end, give them a soft uh, a soft deadline. So if after eight, nine, 10 days, they haven't interacted with you at all, then you know that person's not maybe as warm of a lead as you thought, and you can tell them, no hard feelings, but you know we'll be here again if you ever wanna reach out, but I'm gonna stop reaching out to you at this point. And I would like to add on that, um, one thing that we are gonna be implementing in 2021 is a little bit longer sequence for those people. So after that seven, eight days um, passes and they haven't taken any step, we will add some longer duration um, emails and text to that sequence just to keep them warm, um, just in case they are the type of person that just doesn't respond to stuff because there's a lot of those people. Um, so we are going to extend that to 30 days, um, possibly 45, possibly 60, depending on, you know, kind of how the, the initial tests go. Excellent. So moving on to the second phase of the service life cycle. So now we are out of the lead sequence. This is now someone who has, uh, they did take those steps. So they kind of went uh, four in the road. The last people we talked about, they chose not to come in or join. These people have chosen to come in and join. So now we're kind of moving on that service life cycle. They are a new member, which is someone that we categorize in their first 30 days, but really we're talking about the first 90 days. That's somebody who we want to have a great experience and receive all the communication that's appropriate to supporting that good experience. Uh, so what is the purpose of the new member welcome sequence within those first 90 days? So the main purpose of that is to introduce them to how the gym works, the experience behind it, why we do what we do, um, and to foster communication to allow us to help them with their own individual goals, what they're trying to achieve, um, and answer any questions that they have that might not be answered with the information that we're, we've provided to that point. So really, in a nutshell, is we're kind of just trying to reduce that anxiety of joining something new. Whenever you join a gym or someplace that's going to be, um, you know, it's 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 not necessarily due on your own. You have systems in place to support that person and you want them to be aware of that. Uh, you're just trying to present that to them in a way that is not going to overwhelm them and also uh, show that you're going to be there to help them along the way. Uh, so can you talk some specifics? Like I know we have... Uh, kind of like micro goals every 10 days or so of what we're trying to communicate. So uh, somebody joins there in their first seven days. What specifically is automatically going out to them at that point and why? So we have about five emails that go out through the first seven days or so. Um, the goals specifically of those are to introduce them to the concepts of the gym and the training style and how things work. Um, you know, not everybody comes to our gym with the experience of a group uh, you know, class-based training program. Um, they might come from 24-hour fitness or they might come from something else that's not the same. So how do we 
kind of guide them through the group class process and our training style so that, that when they show up to the gym, they kind of know what's going on and they're not just like, you know, head on a swivel looking around. What does all this stuff mean? I don't know what these terms are. Uh, why am I here? Why are they putting this workout in front of me? It basically answers all those questions so that they can come in and dedicate their time to like, okay, I know how this works. Now I just need to do the workout and go from there. So some of the specifics of that, for example, like we built our own app yep. and that's where you go to sign up for classes. That's where you go to track your lifts. So part of that instructions is like, hey, here's what where to go in the app store to download our app. And here's how you set up a username and password. Here's how you schedule for class. Here's why we make you sign up for class because we cap the class participants because we're trying to give you a quality product that's not based on too many people in the room. Um, so there's some specifics that we, we actually have to get out of the way that we like to kind of front load in the process. Of yeah. And there's, you know, there's other things that are super helpful that we used to get a ton of questions on and we want people to know in that first seven days. A good example is like, uh, how does the programming cycles and blocks work? So basically we program in macro cycles. We have that plan throughout the year. Um, and then that moves into micro cycles. So we don't get like super technical with them and like start throwing all this stuff you know, cycles mumbo jumbo Adam. We just explain the general outline of the classes and the general outline of the programming style so that when they come in, they realize that, you know, it's like, oh, we might be in a, you know, doing back squats this cycle. And the coach reinforces that stuff in the walkthrough. They'll be like, you know, uh, you know, Tuesdays this, this month are back squats. It's part of the cycle so that then they realize, oh, like the coach is kind of confirming what uh, what was sent via email, and I'm starting to understand a little bit of the nuances of all the stuff. I want to just talk for a second about the real value of automation with this. So one of the things you said is, you know, we know the common questions that we're going to get because we've been doing this for almost 10 years. So we know exactly what the person is going to ask. So why on earth would we a wait for them to ask that when they know that they when we know that they need it? And B, why would we be coming up with that manually to every single person when we know that they're going to want that information? Right. So by automating this process, it both number 1 saves you time as the person in charge of the new member experience and number two gives them a better service so when we talk about automation being spammy and, oh it's general language it's not that at all it's helpful information that we know through nine years of other people in their shoes needing the information it's proactively providing it for them before they have a chance to say hey where is this i need this yeah and you know you just mentioned something that triggered this in my brain, one of the best emails that I ever got was uh, somebody responded to one of the auto emails and they said, um, I had I had a question about something and I hit reply and I realized I don't know if you're sending me this information personally or if this is an automated, uh, you know, an automated email, but I was hoping that you could answer this question for me. And so like this person had no idea if we were behind a computer sending these emails manually or they were all part of an automated process. So like that just shows you the level of service that you can provide with an automated service that to the one individual receiving that, they don't know if it's manual or automated. And on top of that, you then hit reply and say, guess what? It's a person. I'm here. What can I do for you? Absolutely. That's a very good point. And so that's another reason why this automation is in place is it is to kickstart those very conversations. So it's basically just, it's basically like a door prop. It keeps the door open for you without you having to constantly open every single door every single time. It just creates that flow of communication. Automatically, you do nothing with that 
with the idea that you spend all of your energy and resources once you get that personal response. And then from there, all the personal touch, the customizations, the, oh, I have a pre-existing knee injury or, um, you know, I have a child with me, you know, what's the best time? Can I bring them in? You, all these different things you can answer because that automated step creates that system of communication for you. And maybe nine out of 10 people, that automation information that you have sent kind of answers their questions. And so that reduces your workload by um, 90% because maybe one out of 10 now has a question that maybe you haven't answered. And so you're answering one email instead of, you know, all 10 of those people reaching out with their own individual questions. And I think in a nutshell, that is really what our, um, it is why we don't set up a lengthy 60 minute consultation because we have just found on average, the average person does not need that. Yeah. You know, if you can answer for them five or six different concerns or questions that they have through a series of automation, then you're going to get them everything that they need. And once they're a member, you can even go and dive into those secondary or tertiary customization needs that, that don't need to be a part of the first zero to 30 days. Yep. Okay, so we talked about kind of that little 10-day micro segment. Uh, so give me a little bit of a snapshot of what happens after they get just the basic information about how to experience the gym. So let's say we're into like weeks two, three, and four. What is our automated communication that goes out to continue that level of good service? Uh, then it starts to become a little bit more of a deeper dive into, you know, how can we help you? What are your individual goals? Trying to get a little bit more uh, responsive with it. So less like, here's how this works. Um, explaining this and that, and it's more of like, okay, what can we do as a gym to help you along your personal journey? Um, and we start to get into a little bit more of like, um, you know, get back to me with this, or um, we'd love to hear why you're at the gym, stuff like that, just to start to create a little bit more two-way communication and less one-way communication. Yeah. So uh, again, it goes back to that ultimate philosophy of this is about them. It is not about us. It's not about us telling you how great we are. It's about us putting ourselves in a position of how can we help you. So, you know, we'll send out things, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have a blog about like, you know, simple stuff. How often should I come to the gym? Yep. Um, you know, what movements should I be doing if these are my goals? Yep. Uh, what progressions or regressions could exist if I have, you know, these type of conditions going on? So things where it's kind of that next step of, like, all right, I know how to sign up. I know how to come to class. I know the general format of what's going on, but now I'm in weeks two, three, and four, this can kind of begin to be customized to me and I can even ask more customized questions in response back to you because you've kind of now prompted me to be at that part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as far as where we're going with this in 2021, are there anything, um, any changes, any tweaks in place that we want to prove this for how we've currently had it? Uh, yes, well, this is kind of one of the biggest things we're working on is creating a whole new sequence, um, taking the good stuff from what we have right now, and then expanding on it. So um, we're in the process of building this out, um, and it basically takes a lot of that communication. Um, it increases the frequency, number one. So um, what we've kind of found is that when you are, are communicating to people, sometimes they need a few extra nudges to take that step of doing something back. So we're going to be increasing the frequency of communication a little bit more. We're going to be increasing the usage of text messaging. So uh, typically it was 95% email and there was a text sprinkled in there 
Um, now it's going to be a little bit more close to 50-50 um, emails and texts, depending on, or so it hits people multiple times with different forms of communication um, so that they can receive the info how they want. Um, and then also we are doing a better job of now fostering that two-way communication so that it is more more individualized and more customized to you know trying to help people through specific goals and I'll say that with the caveat that um, up until this point it was basically me sending out all this information um, and as my role expands into more business development type stuff um, we're trying to get somebody in there to fill that role that is going to be handling this um, you know full-time basically so that they can we can ask for more responses and be able to give them more responses back yeah so just to kind of put that into practice with an example so one of the things that we used to do in the past sequence was basically kind of a little bit general of hey uh, what are your goals and how can we help you reach them you know share that with us and so just a subtle tweak to being a little bit more direct in 2021 of I want you to get back to me with three goals that you have for fitness by Friday. Yep. So it's really just, it's showing that we, we want to hear from you and we expect to hear from you because it's our job to help you. And that's what we need to do. So, so kind of a little bit less of, um, I, I guess just a little bit more direct in terms of being available to help that person. Yeah. Good point. And then um, you also mentioned just increasing the frequency. We've long been users of email for this. And so we're going to double up on that email and text. It's just that old adage of sometimes people need to hear something multiple times before they actually understand it. So um, we do not believe that increasing frequency, so long as the communication is actually helpful to that person, you know, we're not hitting them with like, oh, you just joined do nutrition coaching. These are not upsells. These are not spam. This is information that we view as vital to their experience. So we want to hit them a bunch of times with it in multiple forms of communication. So we know that, that they don't miss it in the spirit of believing that that's going to give them the best experience possible. Exactly. We've, we've also found that email is slowly, I mean, I, th I think it's a common knowledge type thing where email is getting less used text is becoming obviously more popular. Um, I found that just in our tests with text messages that communication is much quicker and people are more apt to respond via text because it's just a lot more convenient. All right, so now we're moving on to that third service life cycle with an established member 90 days plus. So quick recap, first up lead slash potential member, then they move into being a new member in their first 30 to 90 days. Now they're an established member. So. Once people have been around for three months, they're coming with some regularity. We've helped them along the way through those automated messages and responses that we give on a personal level. We do keep the automation going because we want them to continue to be aware of the steps and the systems that we have in place that can continue to help them. So this is where we'll introduce people to other services that we have that we're excited to be bringing about in 2021 and do a little bit better job of. But this is where we start to offer other things to them aside from just supporting that action of coming to class in the first 90 days we want that to be the only focus come to our core service where we're going to do a really good job for you come to class build those base level sustainable healthy habits we're not trying to throw people like come to the gym do nutrition set up a session where you can go over your individual goals like we don't want to overwhelm people it's just our philosophy we want people to kind of be singularly focused towards uh, what we can do best for them and in our environment that is coming to the group class. 
at the 90 day mark. We do want to introduce them to some other ways that we can help them. So talk a little bit about kind of what's going on at that 90 day mark. Yeah. So you mentioned that 90 day mark and, um, you know, that's kind of an important aspect because we chose that because through all of our data analysis, we found that those, that first 90 days is the most critical to basically get people on board for the rest of their life, um, for lack of a better way of putting it. So once they reach that 90 day mark, they've been coming consistently, um, they're with us. So at that point, then we can start to, um, increase a little bit more of the diversity of offerings we're starting to, to give them. Um, so for one example, you know, we have uh, in-body body scan machines. Um, so we're starting to get them to um, get on the scanner, have more individual goal-setting meetings maybe, um, let them know about more options that we have available to them aside from just coming to class. Um, you know, we're introducing some kind of like membership plus um, options for people that they can get custom coaching along with the class attendance and stuff like that. So basically just broadening the horizon um, and offering a few more options for people to kind of choose their own path moving forward. Yeah, I like that term a lot, broadening their horizons, because what we don't do is just shotgun all this information of them in day one. Be like, all right, uh, welcome to the gym. Here's all that we do for you. We'll talk to you never. <laughs> yep. And th that is honestly what a lot of gyms do. They don't have any of these systems in place, let alone uh, a, a thought out a carefully implemented way to give them information that is appropriate for where they are in their fitness journey, so to say. You know, you can absolutely make the case that from day one, somebody should be doing nutrition coaching. But from a business perspective, we're going to lose your trust if like, if we jam that down your throat. Absolutely. I, I believe that. Yeah. I, I would love for every person who signs up to be like, give me the whole thing. Give me the highest package. I want all of it. Like that person is going to get the best results. So it seems a little counterintuitive to be like, oh, but I don't want to offer that to them. It's not that we don't offer that to them. It's that we're just, we want them, it, guys, it goes back to know, like, and trust. So we want them to trust us along the process that we're going to prompt you to consider certain service options at the appropriate time. We're not selling you the $75,000 model when maybe on day one, you need the $45,000 car model. So let them upgrade on their own. Let them add these services that are going to help them once we feel, quote, they've kind of like mastered the experience of like coming to the gym two to three times a week. They're moving well. They know how to track their lifts. Uh, they know everything that's going on with the gym. Now we want you to consider doing these things if you're interested in getting even better results. Yeah, the whole building trust thing that you mentioned is so important. And that's what that first 90 days is for, is building trust that we are a place that you can get what you need out of it. Once they get past that point, they have now gotten to the point where they trust the business, they trust the training, they realize that we're hyper-responsive to communication, that we care about everything that we do. And now at that point, they trust us enough to be able to take that next step. Um, and it's easier to guide somebody when you're just giving them you know, one or two options at a time rather than say, uh, here's our menu of 10, 15 different options all across the board. Choose one. They're going to be like, I, I, I don't know. Um, so immediately come to class, build that trust, get them to fall in love with your gym. And then at that point, you can gear them or direct them to the next step, um, whatever that is. And I just want to once again, zoom out and say that is the benefit of automation because everything is in place to go out at times that you know with your own data are going to be beneficial for them at this time, 
you know that that's going to provide them with a better service. If you give them all this information on day one, you're expecting that they're just going to have that email pinned at the top of their inbox (laughs) that like, oh, this gym that I go to is going to be the most important thing that I remember. That's not how it works. We would all love to think that, but you have to stay in front of these people and you have to do so in a way that you're not going to forget it. And again, I want to emphasize going to give them communication that is of value of to them. value yep. it's not about giving them communication it's going to be of value to you but of value to them so that is what automation is all about and what everything that we're talking about goes into supporting yeah i mean a great example is over the years we have increased our member retention almost double um you know and especially in the past 12 to 18 months or so we've really seen that that member retention go way up um, in terms of length of membership. So, um, which is about what, about two and a half years right now? Yeah, something like that. Um, I just started to run some data the other day, and I forget what those numbers specifically were, but um, it was some somewhere around that range. And um, over that same time period is when we've really upped our game with automation. So there's it's crazy, like a direct correlation of when we started doing this and the long-term member retention of that. And I'm not going to say that it's solely because of that by any means, um, but it's part of that entire picture that has caused people to stay longer. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I know you, you, you've you designed this, so you're probably a little more humble, but I would say it is an, a very large aspect of what retains people. I can even take that a step further. And over the last three months, even in the COVID era, we've extended our average customer length of membership by I think three months. I think in looking at the data that we sent that we put together, we were about two years in the last quarter bumped up about two and a half. And there's no way that is, it's a result of that because mathematically there's not enough time for that to drive up. Right. But the point is that this stuff matters so much because it goes back to your ability to have a system in place to give people helpful info wherever they're at in that product life cycle. Are you a trial? Here's something to help. Are you a new member? Here's something to help. Are you an established member? Here is something to continue to help you with that process. Automation is just all about help, which boosts, obviously, your bottom line, which is the benefit that you get from it. Yeah, we always talk about, or we don't always, I mentioned it once. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's the rule, we always say it. It's the, it's the rule one. If you say something once, then you always, you always talk it. about it. Yeah. yeah, it's funny, like you start to see new problems pop up when you start to see success with certain things. Um, and, you know, there like there's funny stuff that pops up because we do send a lot of information about a lot of different topics. Like um, some, you know, we've had certain things come from coach Ashley um, because she's a nutrition coach. So like some of the, um, some of the one-off email stuff comes from her and like, to be honest, she doesn't really know about it uh, when we set it up. So she'll get questions in the gym, be like, Oh, you know, thanks for sending me that Ashley. And she's like, yeah, you're welcome. What, what did I send you again? (laughs) Um, so you start to see funny things like that, but, um, ultimately that's a better problem than not sending stuff. Yeah. I think it just speaks to the fact of like one of the things that we're working on with like phase two of this is like, now that we've seen, uh, people will respond to messages that might quote come from somebody else really, um, systematizing that and making it all come from one person. That's one of the big improvements that we're trying to make with this in, in year four, of heading into this with 2021 is getting that dedicated person in place who's going to handle all the responses. You know, we tried to compartmentalize some of them, like the nutrition stuff comes from the nutrition coach. 
Some of the more fitness related things come from more of a fitness person. Membership stuff comes from you. Uh, so now that we've been able to accumulate all that data, really kind of getting the appropriate measures in place, make it obviously run a little bit smoother. Yeah, and I'm excited for that big step. And uh, just kind of to close the loop on this established member, one of the things we also do is just send out a yearly uh, congratulations and thank you on the anniversary of memberships. Yeah, there's not much to it other than constantly showing people that we're thinking about them and caring about them. Um, a year anniversary to gym might not be anything special um, in the grand scheme of things, but you really see people appreciate that and just... Um, you know, if you were to reach out to an old friend that you haven't talked to in a while and just said like, Hey, happy birthday. Um, they'd be like, Oh, they remembered my birthday. Um, you know, not anything drastic, but it just, again, shows that you are putting in the effort to show that you care. Um, and that stuff goes such a long way. All right. So now we are moving into our fourth step of the service cycle. So this is actually, uh, I don't want to say a new one cause we have, we have had automated systems in process with cancellations for a while now, but um, I don't want to kind of give away what we're going to talk about, but we're kind of expanding on that in 21, 2021 to create a longer service cycle past being a member in the gym. But before we get into that, just talk a little bit about what the purpose, and even if it's just base logistics, making sure nothing gets missed, like uh, talk about just the, the purpose of our cancel sequence and, and what we're honestly just hoping to achieve with it. Um, you know, cancellation of their gym membership generally is a negative aspect. Um, we don't want them to leave. A lot of times they don't want to leave. It might be moving or something like that. Um, so it can be a sad time if somebody didn't have a great experience at the gym up to what they were expecting. Um, they might not be happy. So um, one of the big things is along with giving them the specific details of what happens after you cancel your membership, um, it's all about kind of staying in good graces with them and making it more of like a positive experience than something that might be not so positive. Um, so, if, you know, we're talking about specifics. Uh, they immediately get a cancellation confirmation um, immediately sent to them that says like, we have received your cancellation request. Um, here's how the next 30 days work and here's how the back end works. Okay. So just to jump in for a second, somebody decides they want to cancel. So for us, that's a link. Um, that is, I, I believe it's on our website. Yes. So they access that on the website, which will save the rabbit hole for why we have it accessible on the website. We've gone through versions where you have to email in through that. We have just determined, correct me if I'm wrong, there is no real net benefit to having them have to send in an email with you having to custom response. We want to automate the start of that process um, on the front end of things. Uh, you're wrong. Okay. Um, no, awesome. just, just yeah. uh, slightly wrong. So um, we have tested both to where it's on the website and where they have to email in. Um, we've come up with a hybrid solution where they the first step is to email and request cancellation, and then I send them to a link that's not uh, directly accessible. So it's a link that I send them that then they can go on the website and cancel. And the reason we did that is because a lot of times when people reach out to cancel, they actually don't want to cancel believe it or not. Um, so there's a lot of times where they'll be like, hey, I'm uh, you know, headed out of town for the holidays. Um, you know, I'd like to cancel my membership until I return again in January. And it's like, well, that is not what you want to do if you're planning on coming back. So that allows us to save some of those cancellations and turn them into holds, 
which then I send them the hold link and they obviously fill that out and they stay a member um, and don't actually cancel their membership. And that's a big step because if they just go and cancel their membership, once you're kind of canceled, it's a lot harder to then become a member again rather than just put a hold and then mentally thinking, I'm coming back on this date. My membership's active on that date. I'm coming back. I am so glad that I clarified that because that brings up such an amazing point. So we specifically do not have that part that part automated because we have seen the failure of that automation. Yes. Yeah. So um, that part we have elected to keep personal is what you're telling me because that is a specific part where we can salvage um, some sort of continuation of the membership through just not really understanding how a cancel might work. Absolutely. And, you know, because cancellations are much less frequent than, you know, leads and all that stuff, um, it is a manual task that I am happy to accept because the benefit of making that manual is way greater than the time spent um, and kind of the steps needed to do that. Okay, so excellent. So somebody actually now they get that cancellation form, it's automated, they cancel, uh, they get canceled out. Um, What happens next? What gets automated to kind of just uh, really keep our ability to help them even after they're a member. I send them hate mail for two months. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so yeah, like I said, they get that confirmation email that says your membership's been canceled. And that's super important because a lot of times people will see charges or um, they'll say, I canceled my membership. And you'll look at your system and they haven't canceled their membership. They just thought that they wanted to cancel their membership and actually never actually took any steps. So that's super important to verify that everybody has a copy of that and that it can be traced back to a certain date. So after they get that um, confirmation, then we basically, it starts a sequence to keep them as a remote member, for lack of a better term. So, um, you know, just because they're leaving the physical gym does not mean they need to leave the brand entirely. And so this is a big thing that we're working on for 2021. Um, I would kick this back to you because you have kind of created that whole, you know, system of remote training. um, And it allows us to keep them as a member, just not an in-gym member. Yeah. So this is one of those where like, admittedly, I think I said in a couple episodes ago, we've been so far behind on offering anything other than our core service. And there's, you know, if I had an hour, we could get on the couch and I would talk to you about why I actually think that's why we've been successful because we've been so focused on a single service. Right. But at some point, you can offer more and not take away from that service. And that's exactly what COVID has forced us to do with our remote training services. So we've essentially just kind of dubbed it our alumni services. And we've seen members from all over the country throughout COVID come back to us. That some people have been gone for seven years. Yeah. And they've joined our grassroots program. They've purchased uh, an eight-week template that they can use. So these people that are just literally coming out of the woodwork, they're they're becoming what I call members again. Right. They're not traditional members in the sense that they're on a you know three times per week class membership, but they're they're following the things that I just mentioned. And I'm having these messaging conversations with people who I coached in 2013. It's, <laughs> it's been really cool. That's crazy. And, Honestly, we should have had them a while ago, but I'm just happy that we've been able to kind of at least of all the negatives with COVID, one of the positives is it's it's forced us to realize this opportunity to provide more for people who aren't coming into the gym. And that was initially born out of our current members who didn't want to come into the gym out of fear. And it's just slowly extended to like, why, why can't we offer this to past members? Yeah, why not? Um, just the nutrition program that we're running uh, that starts this Friday, like we have 
non-former non-members former members signed up for it right. and so it's it's just super cool to see this opportunity um that's kind of come about and it's a, a little bit of a tangent talking about ways to monetize that not necessarily with the automation of it but just kind of bringing it back to the automated point is like these people that they might not even know that we can continue to help them past when they become members right so it's like just because they're canceled like sorry, we're not going to leave you alone. Like we're going to keep still trying to help you. Like here's articles, here's resources that you can take to continue to go on out into the world. Even if it's not with us, if it is with us, here's some services that you might consider. And I, I think that all goes back to the initial no like, and trust and all the automation that we've put up to that point, because they have become so ingrained in the gym, the culture, the brand that now when they're leaving, they have an opportunity to stay with somebody that they know, like, and trust rather than trying to find something new. And to be honest, a lot of times out in the marketplace, like you get burned for a lot of different stuff. Um, I feel like especially these days. Um, so the fact that they can go back to something that they have already had a established relationship with and a good experience, then, you know, it makes it much easier to get them on one of those programs. Yeah. And part of our automation too is, is messaging people, even months after they've been members, you know, that you might think that they're always aware of you or that they always remembered their training with you. You know, maybe someone was a member of your gym and maybe it was just the wrong point in their life to be a member at your gym for whatever reason. But six months from now, you send them a message of just, of just like, Hey, how's, how's everything going with your fitness? Is there anything that we can help you with, with what you're doing? Yeah. Maybe they, they respond back and they say, you know, yeah, I, I'm interested in coming back or like, you know, you, you're able to send them an article that might be helpful. You know, seeing, seeing people who are, are at any stage of those four stages. And unfortunately the fourth stage might not even be they're paying you for your services, but there's ways to continue that dialogue and that experience to bring them back into that paid customer life cycle that can be tremendously beneficial for you. Yeah. A great example is this nutrition program that we're starting on Friday. Um, we had somebody email back to one of the auto emails and they said, funny, you sent this. I was just thinking how I needed to get my nutrition and gear, like excited to do this. And this is somebody that was a member a while back and like, you know, had no idea that they would even be interested, but it just caught him at the right time. Yeah. And it's so easy to think like, oh my gosh, they left the gym. That means they absolutely hate us. They don't want to hear from us. Anything we send them is spam. Like, sure, you're going to have people who leave the gym in a very resentful and negative way. That is a cost of doing business. But most people don't leave the gym that way. They just decide that, you know, if this isn't right for them right now, maybe they don't like the style, whatever reason that is, that you can still get people back or in another service that might not be coming to the gym, like the nutrition stuff that's able to help them keep them involved in your coaching and in uh, your guidance without them having to always be coming to your class. Yep. And, you know, just talking about all this stuff, this might seem like a lot of information and steps that we've put into this. I promise you it's not that difficult. Once you set it up initially, it just runs automatically um, and you only have to respond to stuff that when it comes in, um, you know, I haven't looked at our membership number in a, in a little while, so I don't know exactly how many members we have, but we have a lot between three gyms and we are able to do this. With... 762 active right now. Okay. Thank you. 762. We're able to communicate with 762 active 
members, and that's not even people that are on hold or, or whatnot. Um, we're able to communicate with all of those members from essentially one individual. So if you have any number of members from zero to that number, you can do it as well, and it's not that difficult. And I would also say that even if you're not at the point, you know, the purpose of this podcast is setting up automation to be able to help your members better. Even if you're not at a point where like, let's just say, I'll be honest, I have the luxury of having you as a partner. Like you're great at this kind of stuff. Like this would intimidate the shit out of me. Being able to go in and like be this technical with going through something and a product to learn. And I would just, I would spook easily from that. So let's say that you're doing this on your own and you're maybe not that apt for technical things like this. Well, we've still given you really great stuff as far as just how to communicate in certain parts of the customer lifecycle. We choose to automate these and we've show, we've shared with you why that is, but you can just pluck ideas from this. If you're still doing it manually, you have a smaller operation and you're trying to grow it, take these, take these implements and you can still do them manually, but they're still going to be effective uh, because of the data that we've learned with what people need at certain points in their product life cycle. Absolutely. And don't just let them join and say, we got them. We're good. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, anything, anything is better than nothing. Just keep the conversation going. Yeah, absolutely. So very quick recap, guys, before we conclude this episode is four points of the service life cycle, each with different automation. The first one is what we call our lead sequence. Someone who is not a member, they are a lead our purpose here is to open and stimulate conversation. Step two, a welcome sequence. They have joined. They are a new member in their first 90 days. Our purpose is to reduce anxiety and to continue to help. Step three, they're an established member. So they've been with us now for 90 days. Now we're really trying to give them even more opportunities to engage with the brand, more services that might be of help, exposing them to new things to keep their progress going. And that will last a period of years where we're checking in with them yearly. What are your goals still? How can we help you? And then product lifecycle number four is actually when they cancel. So what can we have in place that automatically goes out to continue to help them, to continue to have them think highly of us? If they didn't think highly of us when they canceled, maybe they think a little bit better of us by continuing to try to help them even after they stopped paying us. The parameters and the overarching principles around all that is just building trust at all four phases of it. That's it, guys. We will talk to you next time.